Fuck it, we'll do it live. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Well, we always do an introduction. Uh, we, well, we did it the first time, but we're going to do it. You helped me with that one. Thank you. And then the second time I came in. Thank you for acknowledging me, Josh. Very smooth. Very, yes. Very smooth. So here we go. Welcome to episode three of Campfire Conversations podcast. <laughs> Nothing we, says this is smooth like saying very smooth. Very smooth. Very smooth. Put on your uh, Barry White voice. We're really working on breaking the fourth wall in this, so we're going to do a lot of staring at the camera as well. <laughs> Wait, there's walls? It's a proverbial thing. Uh, I won't explain it anymore. Our listeners can use Google for that. Unless we're um, in a black box. That's the best. What do you mean, black box? Okay, well, yeah. Already did it. Box. Already did it. John, John, John has been a listener for. He's been a lifelong listener a of this podcast. And we're already there. John's already made it a, a guideline that he won't use the word white in this. So you're welcome. Um, but that being said, I'm Josh Hugo. I am uh, the host of this uh, newly founded podcast. I'm here with my good friend Jamel Austin. Uh, another excellent life friend as well, John Clark, and of course our producer off camera, Jamie Shaw. Thank you guys for all being here. Wheels of Steel. Wheels of Steel. Is that Jamie's trademark? Is that his thing? That's my handle. Yeah. Oh. Wheels of Steel. Is that really? He replaces Balls of Steel. <laughs> Yikes. 41 now, you know. <laughs> I think that's a pause. Uh, maybe it's not. I think we're going to keep going. Um, Wheels of Steel and uh, friendship tonight. Thank you for all being here. Um, yeah, cheers. We can actually do a, a clink, Jamie, as well. Well, um, we're we're making some some growth, and uh, we're we're starting to see a few more listeners. Oh, hey. We're closing in nice. on a hundred downloads of the podcast, so that that data is inaccurate potentially until our third episode. So yep. maybe we'll drop this one and realize there's been a thousand. Shout out to our listeners in Sri Lanka. Avid listener here, too. Avid listener, yep. Yeah, um, fan of the show. Yeah, fan of the show. Of the um, first time, long time. First time, first time listener. Yeah. First time caller, long time listener, first time callers. Yep, yeah. and first time uh, on on the cast, so thanks for being here. Do you say the cast or the pod? I think it's the pod, right? It's the pod. I just abbreviated the wrong half. to all of you guys that are uh, at home. If you are actually listening to the pod, you might be invited on. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. There's a good chance. There's like a one in 20 chance that if you are a listener, you could be a guest. And if that is something of interest to you, you should let us know. Yeah, this goes out to the tens of people that are watching <laughs> right now. Hey, we're almost to hit hundreds. Almost. Well, I actually wanted to start. This might be more of a therapy session to start um, for me and John. But uh, as you can see, my friend John, if you're on camera, big Notre Dame fan. Uh, I, too, went to Notre Dame. And uh, Jamel knows that about both of us. I did not go to Notre Dame, believe it or not. No, we did get a little bit of your background in our North uh, Northern Colorado yep. podcast mm-hmm. and talked about Greeley. Um, but we won't just make this about Notre Dame. But I do got to start with the question, what the fuck happened on Saturday night? And how are you feeling about that? Uh, any of us. You could feel great about it because you are a little bit sadistic. And I know you love giving me some <laughs> shit. But you could also, just thinking about it as a fan, as kind of probably a more neutral observer. But I want to start with John. Um, we've done some processing the last five days. A lot, um, lot of text messaging. Moved a lot through the cycle of uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So where are you at in that, that part right now? I, you know, I... I first off, got to go to the game with my mom. So I got a couple tickets. Got oh, you were there. Birthday, mm-hmm. Went to the game. Uh, had been since we lost to Georgia in a close game as well. I don't know, whenever that was, twenty. You were at the Georgia game? I was, yeah. Wow. And uh, it was a great day. It was beautiful. It was nice to go with my mom. She's a huge Notre Dame fan. My grandma was a big Notre Dame fan. I, I don't even know if my grandma finished high school, but just, like, the Catholic identity, mm. um, you know, kind of grew up poor and, you know, like a lot of folks kind of connected to Notre Dame. Um, I don't know, just on some identity level, right, to, to kind of see that play out. Um so my mom's always been a big fan, and so when I got the tickets, um, you know, my mom just turned 70, so I was a little bit like, you know, it's a good chance to go with mom because mm. it's not, not too long. It's it's going to be tougher for her to Did you guys make sit, it to the game. Did you guys sit in the same section that Rudy's uh, family sat in? Or we no? were closer to the field, nice. so that, nice. <laughs> we got better tickets than Rudy's family. Did, uh, did Charles S. Dutton clap his hands and 
give you a fist pump. Who, who was that? Charles S. Detton, the black guy. From, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. He did. Um, so anyway, it was, it was a cool weekend. And uh, and so throughout the feelings oh, since guy. the loss, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I've tried to keep that in mind. Like, ultimately, this is just like about the experience of being with my family. But yeah, um, but that's not sugarcoated for a minute. Let's. I, so I was angry. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and and so part of what we're going to talk about is like, why would we be angry about something that is in some way so arbitrary? Right. I think. Um, but don't I rationalize was, it, John. Angry. I just want the emotions. <laughs> what I was just, your visceral reaction? That's, being yeah. What What were the first five things yeah. you did after that loss? How many times did you say fuck? A lot. a lot, but I also said fuck a whole lot when they were just like in the game with kids. A lot of fuck yeahs like versus ah yeah. fucks. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of fuck yeahs versus fuck this, you know. Um, and you were saying all these fucks <laughs> fuck in front this. of your mother. Oh, totally. Yeah, oh, okay. she's here for it. Totally. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so, so you, no, a lot no, of f bombs. Yeah, you were just, in the stadium, which is different yeah. than watching it on TV. So what else well, did you so do right away? Well, so that's I think I've been at home. It would have been I would have I don't know stormed out of the house or something like that for this game. Um, but you know, it's just there's now 70,000 people that are just like dejected and I was I was just about to, so so do do this for me set the yeah. scene you and 70,000 people walk into Notre Dame stadium so I walked into the stadium 45 minutes early with okay. my mom fist pumping and it was it was 85% full by nice. that point like the whole student section was already there okay um pretty green i think the big concern was ohio state was going to come and just run over the place with all their red and i think Notre Dame actually did a pretty good job of minima- minimizing that there nice. was still some red but it it kind of pops. Um, like, cool environment. Is there, is there a big tailgate scene? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of the best. I nice. mean, it's, it's a cool tailgate scene. Um, and it's right there on campus, so that's the other cool thing. I mean, you know, like, Boulder's got there's those on campus, too. Um, so the schools that have their things, like, on campus, I was saying really awesome versus sometimes you got your schools where it's it's not yeah, quite like there. Miami. It just feels like that's what makes a college yep. one feel different than, like, a pro one, right? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it's all tight there on campus. Um, you know, we – so we set the scene. It's a beautiful day. We watched the players walk into the field. We watched the band march off the thing. I did all the things that you do with your mom. You know what I mean? Then we went to some tailgates. Um, so, sorry. I know stuff. Notre Dame's a, a Catholic school. Is, is there alcohol allowed on campus yes. at Notre Dame? Only if yeah. it's been uh, certified by the Vatican. <laughs> and sold to you by the Vatican. Yeah, yeah right. a priest has to sell yeah, it to has you. has to be. Yeah, and you have to say four. So, I mean, like, it is not a dry. It's not a dry campus. Drink. Got you. Okay, it's not even right. even on non football weekends. It's not a dry campus. Gotcha. So kids in their dorm can have it. In theory, you're supposed to be of age. But I was going to say as long as you're yeah twelve. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of failed transubstantiation happening. That's a big word. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I go. thought this was the blood of Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Turned out it was just 15 keystone lights. Oh, okay. So then you go into the game, everything yeah, happens. It's big. And Game's great. Well, the first half was, I don't know how many have watched the game, but, you know. Was it, we, what is it, 3 0 at the 3 0. We were moving the ball, Man. but just couldn't finish, which is like kind of the theme of the game, Oof. right? Um, and then they, they got a field goal at the end. But then come out, and again, we moved the ball first, but stopped ourselves fourth and one again. But then the next two drives just, like, walk all over them, you know, drive down the field. Everybody's feeling at this point, like, we've got this. They're not really moving the ball. We outrushed um, them, like, 180 to 120 yards. And, and like, 65 of those were yeah. on their one, one big run play yeah. that was sprung by mm-hmm. a Marvin Harrison holding penalty that was yep. called. Yeah, <laughs> so you're feeling good, I'm and not, we stopped I'm not them. bitter. You're not we, salty at all. Yeah. A lot of things to complain about, but mostly salty about our decision making as, yeah, as a team. Yeah, we fucked it up. So, again. so fast forward the last two plays, you guys don't have enough guys well, on the field. Rewind, go back like go back so four they get minutes. That, they go, get that. Let, let's rehash yeah. the last four minutes just yeah. briefly because that really was Notre Dame. I'll give you my synopsis, John. Walk us through your experience. Yeah, so last four we minutes. get to they they turn it over on the eleven. They get fourth and one. We stop them. We get the ball back with. I don't know. There must have been four minutes left, four and a half minutes left. Four twenty or so. And I'm, you know, I am actually thinking this can be hard to run it out. But then they do. They get two first downs with such ease. I'm like, dude, this is gonna be great. We got a quick one from Flores. Estime runs for 11 yards, and then Estime is not there anymore. Like they just stopped playing him. And I was like, I didn't understand what was happening. Mm -hmm. He's our big bruising back, weighs 250 pounds or something like that. Also has some speed to him. but he, he went incognito. I, I don't know exactly. And our other backs were doing well. Like, I, I, you know, not to say, but at that point, at that point, just we should have run him more, I think. But we just had some funky plays, tried to screen pass that had it been completed, Oof. probably would have gone for 30. But the fact or is. The t- t- so, yeah. So, anyway, you're just feeling like, okay, this is good. As soon as we punted, I think most people, a lot of people still felt as though, oh, okay, we'll stop. Pretty him. good. Pretty Once good, we right? punted it, I've had too much just. Notre Dame PTSD to think 85 this is, yards this is, to go like two minutes I left. was just like it's not I don't this is gonna be hard but then we had a fourth and seven they got it 
then it was the you third know and third and well that play the third and nineteen. Once they got down to the one man, I was just I didn't know. I and of course, like, I did not know. know. I had no idea that they and I'm I'm literally thirty yards away. I'm on the I'm in the tenth row in that mm-hmm. end zone. Mm-hmm. So he was coming directly at me when he scored the touchdown. Um, and so then it was just delayed a little bit longer because they put another second, and that almost made it worse to a certain degree. Um, Still in, just and it's just out. silent. It's just dejection. I mean, it's just dejection in the whole place. We were near where the where more of the Ohio State fans were, so they were screaming and yelling. And outside of the fact that they're really great at spelling Ohio, they weren't that bad. Um, <laughs> they were they were not terrible. It's, I, a, my, it's a big word. It's hard. My, to spell. I know I, those Ohio folks. They're real. I, my brother in law actually is an Ohio State fan. He went to Miami of Ohio. And I just texted him afterwards. I didn't know what else to say. I was like, hey, your fans are really good at spelling Ohio. Like, I was kind of being tongue-in-cheek. But anyway, so. Tough. So, yeah. Tough so, yeah. so, real quick, one more question for yeah. me. You and 70,000 other people are streaming out of the stadium. What it, What does that look like? Just heads down, walking to your cars. I mean, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, like. Is it is it dead silent? Or pretty dead silent. Off, people or? aren't talking much. You hear a few Ohio State fans saying something. But that's just kind of the Notre Dame vibe. It's just like, especially over the last 30 years, just, yeah. okay. This is what it feels like. It's you like don't even. It's not even penance. the type of anger that's rage because just doing penance. Yeah. It, you know, it's just it's just almost acceptance immediately of this is just <laughs> what happens. Self right? right. It kind of is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just dejection, silence. Walk to your car. Yeah. Um, what's what's traffic like getting out there? Does it take like an hour to get out? It or? took a bit. Yeah. We were on. We parked intentionally on those. I mean, this is too detailed for this podcast. But on the south side of campus, and gotcha. we just had to go south. What to get song to were, were you playing when you drove out? Did you just have like a meatloaf? What did mom? I would do anything. You know, I think we. Just kept Tupac, the car in silence. My mom also. Here's the thing. My mom was also upset, um, but but hers turns into like anger at me and others, and so she's like yelling. <laughs> I'm driving, and she's yelling at other drivers. She's yelling at the way I'm driving, and I'm like, "Mom, you're you need to shut up." That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, awesome. conversations about my mom are for another time, but yeah. we. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, my yeah, and then and then yeah. you go. Or, yes, thank you. John yeah, Clark for sharing that. <laughs> you got, how, what was your experience that the last um, three minutes of the game? Yeah, it was rough. Um, I mean, I, you go through all of the waves of emotion when you're watching a game end, but then also how to process it afterwards. And that's the biggest thing that um, is challenging is to figure out how to make sense of, of all of it. And then the question is, why, why does it even matter to make sense of it? But we'll get to that next. I, I think for me, where I got to is a couple of, of things. One... On the technical football side of it, Ohio State made plays. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame didn't. Mm. That's the fact. Like, Ohio State That's did deep. not get dominated in the game. Did they, in some ways, get beaten up? Yes. Did Notre Dame play better in many parts of the game? Yes. Here's the question. But yeah, they, they made more plays. Were you outcoached? Uh, I would argue that yes. I think at the way that... Well, I'll say this. If... if if something at the very end similar had happened to Ohio State, because they both coaching staffs made some big errors. Mm-hmm. They also made some big issues on f- big dis- errors, poor yeah. decisions on fourth and one. We stopped them twice on fourth and one because they tried to get Q. Right. You remember yeah. you remember um, the failed decision. You know, they did some things, right. yeah. but what happened is at the end they made the last two plays and we had two men on the field. Right. I actually think I think both teams were played well. And right. I think both coaching staffs made a number th- of errors. Just Notre Dame made the most yeah. late. And a number of good decisions. It's just when you play a close game against two pretty evenly matched teams, someone's going to win and someone's going to yeah. lose. I, 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 think I, I don't think that uh, you got – or um, what's my man's name from Notre Dame? Freeman. 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 Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman wasn't outcoached. It just – Came down to the I mean, I think games. they had a good offensive game plan over the all. I mean, they yeah. averaged 5.3 yards per play. They played four running backs, um, all averaged five. well. They got all five um, in the game. Did they get all five? They got I didn't all realize five. that. I, I mean, a couple of things when it comes down to it. Yeah, you're going to Best game our offensive line has played. Yeah, they dominated in that sense. The guy who made that tipped pass on the screenplay, mm-hmm. number one defensive yep. end recruit in the country, right? You have a guy who makes a third and 19 catch. If I'm not mistaken, that was one of their two wide receivers, Waku. I don't know how to say his name. Um, he's like a top 10 to 15 draft pick. You have Marvin Harrison Jr. making great plays, and you have a top, you know, five quarterback throwing the ball. Yep. Like at the end of the day, they ended up making a couple of cu- clutch plays. Notre Dame dropped two interceptions and and made a, a coaching yep. and coaching but also player execution error right if you're a fifth year senior captain 
as a linebacker and you're not counting how many men you have you got, in the you got field, to know who's out there you got yep. to know who's out there and if you did notice that you should hopefully by the age of 22 playing football for 12 years know that what you probably could have done is you know go hit a defense uh, go hit an offensive player on the helmet get a whistle and then get a guy on the field yeah. yeah right those are things in hindsight and my second takeaway and then we can talk more about why this matters to anyone but is the the players on the field on average are much closer to the age my <laughs> my own son is than i am these are kids man yeah they these are, are kids. 18 to 20 year old kids sam hartman's <laughs> an exception i was gonna say 18 to 24 but most of the players duke has a player in his seventh year who's playing this yeah. week yeah. Isn't that crazy? You know, th- Bo is like 53 playing <laughs> right uh, that's true college but living a good life right now so let me uh, yeah so one so more talk, sorry sorry go like ahead, who John. even cares like why do I care so much? No, before you get there, a question I did want to ask yeah, was, turns out that more people turned in to see you getting their ass kicked than watching the Notre Dame-Ohio State I game. S- somebody said that, but then I looked at the ratings, and it, it was close. Yeah. Like, it said 10.5 average for Notre Dame and 10.4 for that game, so I'm wait, confused. Which game? What two Oregon games? versus Colorado. Yeah, I read that. But still, but yeah, either crazy. way. Isn't that crazy? It's wild. And like to keep watching it. But, you know, we don't need to talk Dion again. But, you know, he's he's bringing attention to he, it. He is doing exactly what they hired him to do. He is. Um, so, yeah. So beyond that, Hugo, your question is, why do we care so much? Well, let me hear from you. Okay. Not about Notre Dame, Ohio State necessarily, unless you have thoughts on that. Well, let me ask you that first. Yeah. Well, did you watch the game? I did not. Okay. So you didn't um, watch it. No, I forget fine. what the hell I was doing. It doesn't matter. What like living your life, yeah. just yeah, being not, productive. Yeah, <laughs> right. Not going to bed angry and you that, know, that, I did that the following the morning, day. Yeah, so. I was gonna say you did that yeah. after the fifty. So, there, so talk, yeah. talk to me. Like, actually, you know what was that? That was last Saturday. Yeah. You know where I was at. Oh, you were at your uh, kickoff event, right? I was at what the was Great two? American Beer Festival. Oh, there you go. That's oh, nice. yeah, it was. Uh, but we can't talk about beer on this podcast, can we? I volunteered to drink. Jamel and I did some hard volunteering work years ago. Oh, at another the beer festival. Little one. Yeah, mm. that was yeah. a good time. So football, going back to that for a minute, what you heard us kind of go through that whole processing thing. What are you hearing? Like, what what are you thinking? Well, um, unfortunately, I was born a Las Vegas, uh, L.A. You, you Oakland Raider fan. Oakland okay. Raider. Yeah, um, so. I have experienced those yep. same emotions, and like I said, I experienced it actually the very next day, uh, while hungover from the Great American Beer Festival. Oh. Um, so I, I I totally understand where you guys are coming from with being able to recount pretty much every single play and where you were and how you felt and mm-hmm. things like that. And it goes into the conversation that we're about to have of, of why do we care so much? Why uh, why why does it bother us so much when our yeah. our team uh, wins or loses, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think it goes into the idea of identity. I yeah. think that there's a huge sense of self-identity attached to these, honestly, arbitrary uh, teams, right? There's 18 to 26, and if you're Bo Nix, 32-year-old men <laughs> out there running around on grass that really doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but like we, we attach our, our, our self-identity yeah. to some of these things. What? What parts of your identity are most connected to your Raider fandom? Um, for me, it's a family thing. Like mm. I, I was, I was born into it, obviously by by location. But uh, my dad is a big, big Raiders fan, mm-hmm. um, and then passed down to me. And then unfortunately, I passed it down to my two boys, so they mm. they have to live with this shit for the rest of their <laughs> lives as well. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's just like, hey, like this is what my dad did. This is what I'm doing. This is what my boys are doing, and it's just like, hey, you wake up and you're a Raider fan. When both of my boys were born, I was wearing Raider stuff. Mm. Yeah, so family for you. Yeah, and I'm sure there's more. Let me ask John a quick question on that, though. Like when you think of your identity pieces that come out with Notre Dame, like what's the first one that comes to mind for you? Well, I, I guess that's changed. I mean, I, I I knew in fourth grade that that's where I wanted to go to school because my grandma loved it, mm-hmm. and I would even call myself particularly like connected to my grandma. But you know, I think there was a part of it that was it was the Catholic school, um, and wait, so that means you're Buddhist? 
I am. Okay. Yep. Um, Especially after going to a Catholic institution <laughs> yeah. for a number of years. Although a huge fan of Buddhism, uh, we could talk all about Joseph Campbell and all sorts of things if we wanted to at some point about the alignment of all Buddhism. these things. But um, <laughs> shout out Joseph Campbell. Um, but no, I mean, I a lot of that. Or but that's Buddhism. changed. Like now, it's I was a student there, um, grad student there. I base a lot of my like work on the things and values I were in, continued to be instilled at me at that university and why I try to do the things I do. So, you know, for me, it's, I, I, this sounds silly. I'm, I'm aware of that, but when I try to do good, it's for like my family, but I also try to do it on behalf of the university I came from. And so mm. I have this like really personal connection to That's them. Dope. Um, and so there's that, I, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot cause I, I had a sense we were going to talk about this, but I, Number one, it's it is so arbitrary, right? A bunch of eighteen. It, I told a guy I work with, we had a meeting Monday morning, and I said, "This is just killing me." And I said, "You know, but intellectually, I know this is stupid because I'm like basing so much of my feelings on how eighteen to twenty-two year olds yep. performed, and that's ridiculous." And he Perform said, and "He's on a big a football field too, not just like know, in a, in a lecture no. in the Hesburgh Library, so or you know, and something he's a, about everything." Hesburgh. He's a big Zags fan. Shout out to Hesburgh, great guy, but it's just. Did a ton in the civil rights era too. Like I didn't know that stuff. He was like pictured one of the famous pictures with Dr. Martin Luther King. Yep. He was like one of the early crusaders from like the the white um, kind of northern. Uh, I don't know how else to just the academic side of that cult. Like nothing says white yeah. academic northerner like and Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, like Notre right? Dame for yeah. sure. And yeah, they've got a lot more diverse than social than justice. When I was there. I'll say that. A huge social justice component to it. Um, but, but so, yeah. you know, I, I think just to start with that, that I am aware of how arbitrary it is. And I will say a couple of things. One, Jamel's point about identity is a thousand percent right. That's what all of this is for everyone, right? And I want to, this goes back to a question you guys asked the other week. And, and when you're telling about what would bring people together, and yep. you said Kool Aid, and Josh said water parks, and Sean said love, or whatever yeah. he said. Heart, but yeah, I would have, I was thinking to myself, what would I say? And it's just like, it's 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 civic institutions it's civic like responsibility and and what i mean by that is not yet what used to really draw people together and you can say all you want about past errors and how racist it was and how divided folks were and that's true and i do think at some level people continue to have a a, a more connection to each other whereas now we're all very isolated mm-hmm. because people came together around things and the thing that people mostly come around with together now on is sports and so i'm for my team not because it's just about the players on the field it's because of like the group of people who I know are associated with this and there's like a connection between them. So that's one. I, I do want to say, I think the second thing is like when you really break a lot of things down, most things are arbitrary. Yeah. Like honestly, if you ever just get to think about the fact that humans exist is wild, but then the things we've set up just to like kind of function, it's really wild. Like you think about nine people who wear black cloaks, who sit up and make and, and talk about laws and kind of interpret those laws however they feel like. Wait, What's not arbitrary about that? And that's more consequential black than sports. Cloaks. Exactly. <laughs> Why not just cloaks? Just cloaks, We're, right? We yeah. yeah, we need to remove both black. I gotta get rid and of both white. black and yeah. white. We're just gonna speak fault. in the gray. Right. You know, like but when people but order, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, like that when is when order you, black coffee. I just call it coffee. Just coffee. But then they have to ask you, what do you want? Do you want cream or sugar? I just want a coffee. I just want coffee. Yeah. Uh, do you say if you do want milk in it, do you put the color of milk or do you just say milk? I would like white milk, please. Right? See, no one says <laughs> See, that. See, nobody, nobody says, says that. that. Why? That's true. That's true. White supremacy. <laughs> white supremacy. It always comes back, comes back to, to white that. supremacy. No, John, I think um, what you're saying about that, about the, the identity thing is a big thing. I think um, also something that's big for me with the Raiders and, and several other teams that I support um, are – the history piece that you yeah. were talking about, mm-hmm. right? So the Raiders were one of the first teams to have a Hispanic quarterback, a Native yeah. American quarterback, a black quarterback, a black head coach, mm. uh, right? One of the first uh, teams to have a, a yeah. female in in, um, in management. Is right? that all under Al Davis's leadership? Yeah, that's, that's another that's 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 another so reason wild. why I'm, I'm a big Raider fan is because Al Davis was, you know uh, – was he thinking. woke? Was he kind of like a woke you know what? I'm, weirdo? I'm, I'm, I'm almost anti-woke now, I'll tell you the truth. There's <laughs> yeah. there's too many woke white people out there nowadays. Wait, he was like a real, uh, was he OG woke? He was OG woke. But like he, he went to HBCUs. Or just making good decisions. Yeah, yeah. Right. but I mean like, yeah, he was yeah, going right. down to HBCUs and be like, hey, let's get some of these these players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another reason why. What do you mean these why. players? What do you mean <laughs> <by> that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? That one's on me. Um, but yeah, going out, going to HBCUs and, and hiring folks who were qualified for the job, but also being like, hey, you know what? This is a black head coach and I'm going to hire yeah. him. Right? Mm. Um, so that's another reason why I think I, I identify with the Raiders. Um, 
but so yeah, to that point is that to hmm. there's a, there's a sense of identity that I think I attach to it not only because of locale, but uh, because of family, but also what the organization means. To John's point of like, hey, hmm. like when I go out into the world, I I feel like I'm representing my yeah. school as well, and I have such a strong uh, attachment to this school. When people go out and they be like, hey, you know what? John went to Notre Dame and and he's a good guy. So there's probably yeah. a connection between good people at Notre Dame and and, and uh, my guy John. Yeah, that's cool. Hugo, I you're, you're, I still it fucking sucks. I don't know. It still fucking sucks. Still fucking sucks. And this is I said this to Josh. I actually thought I'd been getting a lot better yeah. because in other losses in the last decade, the last time I felt this bad was we lost with 30 seconds ago to Michigan, who I just I absolutely hate Michigan. But in terms of football, yeah. great uh, again, Michigan. great institution. But I hate Jamie, where did you spend your undergraduate? I didn't know that. And my and see, and, of my but grandma. you reflect you reflect very grandma. well on the institution, and I, therefore I don't care. I don't think football. Jamie even reflects the institution. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Fuck <laughs> Michigan, I don't care either." <laughs> when you were so proud of Notre Dame, I was like, "Wow, we really are different." What's what's a better city, South Bend or Ann Arbor? Ann Arbor. Yeah, and our my grandma went to Michigan, so it's different than your grandma, but like similar. Yeah. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. <laughs> Ann Arbor is like really dope. Isn't cool Ann Arbor town. like close to Detroit? 30, 40, 30, 40 minutes. Oh, nice. I mean, yeah. Amherst, Ann Arbor is a good town by comparison to any town. I it's mean, like it's, a top yeah. 10 college yeah. town. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. But not compared to like maybe like uh, like some of the like I wouldn't say SEC it's Boulder, though. schools. I wouldn't say Ann Arbor is Boulder. No, Boulder is – I think Boulder has to be one of the top, like, well, Boulder, cities well, overall. I don't geography. think it gets – it doesn't get rated because it's in the middle of nowhere, so to speak, but – And I don't think Boulder's Palo Alto. Wow. No, no Palo no. Alto – but Palo – I haven't spent much time there. It's not California. Don't go to East Palo Alto, though. It's a whole – Very yeah, different place. It's a place. whole other place. But is Palo Alto yeah. more connected to kind of San Francisco, or has it got its own thing going on? Or is that more about Palo Alto? Just well, like Palo Alto is not that close to San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's close, but it's yeah. not like – you know, it's the Bay, but it's not like yeah. – you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think there are some – we're definitely getting off topic now, but there are some great college cities. When I think of college cities, I think of – your boulders, your Tallahassee's, your uh, wait, you been to Tallahassee? Yeah, where are the top? I, let's just. I have not heard. Like, this, this is not a ton of places I haven't been. What are the top three college campuses <laughs> I, you've ever visited? I, I I tell people all the time. Oh, I went to Clark Atlanta. I didn't graduate from there, but I definitely <laughs> was on campus a lot. Um, I I, uh, I I'm not going to say obviously because that might be racist, but I'm a big fan of HBCUs. Uh, yeah. The the Atlanta University Center is awesome. Howard University is Where's Howard? DC. 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 Uh by far one of the best places. Do you do DC like is a the cool town. homecoming tour? Absolutely. Is that how you shout out shout out to to um my niece LJ. We are going to Howard University homecoming oh, cool. October 22nd to or October 20th to the 22nd. Uh I told her I love her. I'm only going to see her all of 5 minutes because I'm here for homecoming, right? And I didn't even go to the fucking school. Um, uh, when that's this month, that October. Is, yes, is next okay. upcoming up month. That's cool. Um, so Howard, Howard, Atlanta, uh, Houston has some great really? HBCUs down there. Um, but are those the top University three? of Miami? I've heard Coral that's Gables. a gorgeous campus. Gorgeous, gorgeous. I've heard gorgeous it's a beautiful campus. campus. Yeah, um, lot a lot of places. Uh, oh, you know what's a really good school to visit? Huh. Columbia believe it or yeah, not in harlem i believe that yeah oh yeah, yeah. new york city yep. yeah okay a uh, lot, lot of good schools to go to i would say tallahassee because i went to florida state and florida a&m's uh homecoming at the time great time nice. great time was had there <laughs> there, um, there was some real pleasure in those eyes yes like Whoop, baby, whatever <laughs> uh, i did then, there was good and then uh john's gonna hate this but i i would say top three and not three university of georgia Athens. I have nothing against Georgia except for just losing to them. But their yeah. fan base is great, yeah. man. Like yeah. they're good folks. I, I tell people this, hospitality we, we can get back South. on subject, but I tell people this all the time. I am from Colorado. I was born in California. Yeah. I lived in Colorado majority of my life. Um, but the most white people I've ever seen in my entire life was at a UGA game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like yeah, I, I was like, holy shit! Like so I felt yeah, a little dressed very nicely in Atlanta. <laughs> dressed very nicely. I think. I mean, part of that is I think it's all related, right? Because I think. The, the experience of going to a university um, 
I think carries with it all of those factors, right? Like the pride you have in the learning and the academic stuff you do, the association with school spirit, and like the events that might happen, like a, a football game, but also the location, right? Like you spend your formative years in that location, four years, six years, however long it takes. And I think that, um, I, you know, all of us sitting in this space and behind the camera have worked in education spaces for a long time that are very much focused on getting students access to a university um, and I mean we don't need to go down that path in this conversation but I think there is just so much importance into having that shared sense of community that shared sense of space that shared sense of of values at that stage in life because I think a lot of people end up wandering in kind of the proverbial, proverbial aimless desert of sorts at that stage in life if you, you aren't grounded to something. And so I think that football is a proxy for me. Like, it represents my connection to that formative stage in life. You know, I was in the marching band for a few years, put a lot of time and effort into, like, you celebrating. played the piccolo, right? Uh, it was the, a flute. Yeah. Um, the French horn. A flute that was twisted and had a mouthpiece, and it was actually called a trumpet. No. Um, <laughs> but it looks like a twisted flute. So it wasn't actually flute. a woodwind. It was not. Does anyone know what it was called? What is the brass. class? Brass, yeah. Uh, it's brass, brass instrument. So <laughs> did you just try to play my music <laughs> knowledge just there? I did. Yeah. Uh, do we want to go down that path? I don't think. Between me and Jamie, we could do some serious mu music Let's trivia. Get that B flat. I, Let's get I that am, B flat. I am full of useless knowledge. I would bow out fast. It would uh. be. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for me, that's it. You know, the, call, the location, the energy, the importance in that time of life your identity associated with your work your purpose a lot of that can come from college and it, i think that's why it's important for me to help kids see it as a potential for them you know it's something yeah. i was thinking about that what you were saying uh, as far as identity i think um and to kind of the john's point too is that it's very uniquely american yes right very the, even the university system like oh, totally. people overseas hey i went to school i got my degree at oxford or you know, university or, or University of Shanghai or what have you. But it's not until you get to the United States where it's just like, I went to fucking Notre Dame and there's nothing you can tell me about it. You know what I mean? Mm, and you know what, but you know what makes that unique? Yeah. Honestly, it's the amateur sports side of it, man. Yep. Or, I mean, not really amateur anymore, but it's that that's so tied to it. None of those, like, yep. that's not a thing in other yeah, countries uh -uh. with, like, tying mm. your sports so closely. Yep. The idea, then, of also paying attention to the sports that your college played is just, like, novel. It's wild. Yeah. 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 Well, let's do a sidebar related to college. One of the things that we all love to do in college was drink. That is the correct oh, okay. answer. I, I was, you know, <laughs> There's I, a few I, answers. <laughs> to that That's why I hesitated on that answer. I know. I was thinking like you should have study. Saw how big my eyes. Are. I know. Studying <laughs> at the Josh library was your answer <laughs> yeah, as well. Studying in the library yeah, was exactly. I felt the same way, man. I, I just say. those those uh, those textbooks. I was definitely Oof. hitting the books. Yes. Yes. Me too. <laughs> You're talking about actually studying. Sure. <laughs> um, no. I was a big. I was big on anatomy. Yes. Um, it's a double entendre. I like it. Right? I get it. I like. I like double entendre. But you know, John. No, John's answer. I mean, um, that is not unique to the American university system. Having spent some time in the Ireland right. system, a lot of drinking happened there. But really, uh, it did. Drinking yeah, in Ireland. I know. And tonight we are not drinking an Irish whiskey, but. We would like to do our little uh, bit around the whiskey. Let's um, talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, who we got tonight? We are drinking Woody Creek Distillers. Woody Creek is in Marble, Colorado. I've actually never visited their uh, distillery. Marble? Where is Marble? Marble. 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 I did not know there was Ooh, a Marble. Marble. Where is that? Um, Marble is in between. I'm sorry, um, Marble. Marble, like Marble. the rock. Yeah. Okay, got it. It's in between Glenwood Springs like and Dwayne? Aspen. Dwayne, the rock, Marble. No, I got you, man. That's a Miami guy. Yeah. Coral Gable spent some time down there playing football. You know, I, um, I'm actually really close with the rock. I actually just call him Granite. <laughs> <laughs> Dad so, joke. Um, Dad did joke. anybody watch his hey, WWE Hey, actually, I, I'm fairly sure Granite is also next to the town of Marble, but someone can fact check that for me. Marble is by Aspen. Yeah, it's right next okay. to Metamorphic. And I can keep going yeah, with, you with can. rock jokes I'm all fucking night. I'm with your rock knowledge, man. You rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So this is uh, Woody off. Creek Distillery. <laughs> um, so Woody Creek, I, I took some notes. Dad jokes. No, the, 
the dad jokes are good, but we're gonna take get knocking your rocks off while drinking a Woody whiskey. That's interesting. Woody Woody Creek. That's how you get rock hard. (laughs) (laughs) For fuck's sake. For fuck's sake. All right. Let's pull it back together. Who wants to talk about some hemicellulose? If you don't know what that is, then wait, because I will have to tell you. That, that. is a cliff fucking hanger. Yeah, wow. Um, no, so. Which what, I know about because I do rock climbing. <laughs> so, uh, Woody Creek Distillers, Marble, Colorado. Um, it is 90, 90 proof. Oh, okay. So, Jamel, listen to some... Well, you all know that regardless of last week's podcast. 90 proof is almost the bare minimum for what you would be allowed to put into uh, or have a proof in a drink called a bourbon. Uh, 40 proof or uh, 80 proof would be the minimum. So, we'll do some tasting, and then we'll talk about one of the factors that creates the taste of whiskey. On the bottle here, it says Roaring Fork Valley. Yeah, exactly. That's Aspen area. So, pour yourself another. Um, So... I actually took down other people's tasting notes just to see if oh. you all think that it matches there, up, huh? you know? Well, yeah, I got to do Lifelong learner. I need to um, pay more attention to what I'm tasting here. All right, so first step in sipping whiskey, we'll hit this every week, is to smell it. So tell me what you smell. Ooh, I got a fun one. Malted milk balls? Kind of. <laughs> That's a pause. That's an interesting one, but smell. I mean, you, I, it's just overwhelming with spice. It right? is spicy. It is very it's just spicy. a spicier one than the Which you probably mean it yeah. has a lot of rye. I think the mash bill is like 75% corn and then yeah. like 15 or 20% rye. Malted milk balls, caraway seed, cola. Wait, what, what the fuck is caraway seed? Uh, it's, it's a seed. Oh. From caraway. Um, <laughs> smell for cola. I got that now that you're saying that. The cola? That. Doesn't it have a little bit of, like, RC cola sort of smell? No. Not be, it, okay. I'm well, not getting cola. See, I'm thinking about Walnuts? my wife. Anytime she, she hates whiskey, and she was like, it just smells hot. That's what she <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it smells like... Walnuts, huh? We should be drinking it. Um, walnuts or sage? I do smell oh, some sage. Oh, I can see sage. Ooh, yeah, now you okay. say that. So now, taste yeah. it. First sip, just kind of let it... You've already been drinking it, so you can actually taste it. The first sip, you have... In general, you kind of just let it go down. Pause. A little ASMR uh, whiskey swishing on that there. Let's really elevate the audio around minute 30. <laughs> Do I? Yeah, some ASMR whiskey swishing. Mm. <laughs> what is going on over here? <laughs> hey, there, there are people who will pay big bucks for some ASMR sound effects <laughs> that aren't just sexual. <laughs> wait, okay, wait. Wait. Uh... <laughs> I was going to ask a question, but you threw me off with that last little tidbit. Right, there. What, ASMR, to, tell me what that is. It's a it's some term that I think gets at like high quality audio sounds that are like highly mic'd up hmm. and like almost overly realistic in terms of its, its sound. Like people will put weird weird things near a microphone that's mic'd up really heavily and like create these interesting sound effects and like, often like body sounds. Autonomous like, sensory meridian response. Hmm. Meridian. Like meridian. Whispered in your ear. Yes. But like just like how you just announced that when you got onto the mic. I got the worst mic of the bunch. Welcome to the podcast. We're tasting some sage. Sage. So that's gonna be a weird section, but we're gonna keep it. But taste it. Do those scents come out? Malted milk balls, cola, walnut, sage. The sage, yes. Hmm. Um I'm not tasting the cola. A little black pepper? A little ginger? Why not just pepper? Because there's white pepper. Too. Brussels sprouts, um, grass. Do you say white pepper grass. when you say pepper? It's also the name of a band, too. White they pepper? distinguish themselves from being black There is pepper. a white pepper, though, isn't there? There is a white pepper. There is definitely yeah, a white pepper. And there's a white pepper. Yeah. There are green peppers. There are red peppers. So specificity wow. matters. Racism is an all-time high. Well, <laughs> What do you mean red peppers? <laughs> what They're uh, commanders. <laughs> Commander peppers. Commander peppers. Oh, yeah, we're definitely this getting canceled. <laughs> we are definitely Just tag Dan canceled. Snyder. He's going to hook us up. <laughs> Hashtag def- at Dan Snyder. We, we got canceled. your back. Red peppers. What do you mean we? <laughs> I have well, nothing to do with Dan no part of This is shit. part of the collective. You guys signed this contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't. No, um, no, I'm, no. I'm pretty I sure you're on your own was, on that one. Fuck okay, that so let's talk about a cool whiskey fact. So we did a little tasting. Yep. 
So last week, we named that one of the factors to be a, a bourbon requires it to be in a fresh white oak barrel, friend, uh, fr- white oak barrel. It is a white oak, because the I, but it does become black. So let's follow. This is where we're going with it. Okay. So what is the requirement in that barrel? It has to be what kind of barrel? Fired. Uh, charred, yeah. Charred. It has to be a charred barrel. And so there are char levels in a whiskey barrel. And I, I've known very minimal about this, so I'm also <laughs> using my notes. There are levels to blackness? Yes. And it's based on levels 1 through like 8, 10, 12, but most of them are 1 through 4. And it's how long it's... it's There's like, colorism in barrels? There is. Welcome but, to fucking America. Yeah. And the fourth one, well, there's a fun term. I don't think it has racial overturn. Of course it it doesn't. Please tell me what (laughs) what it is called. uh, So four levels of char are most common. I don't know what char level Woody Creeks is. We can ask them on the the comments and maybe they'll actually respond. Um, But uh, one through four. Four is a pretty popular one, and that char is called the alligator char (laughs) because it creates a shiny sheen inside the barrel that looks like alligator skin. Right. And it also kind of creates a little bit of like, I don't know if the word is like waviness or whatnot, or like a little bit of fluctuation in the in the side of the barrel, so the whiskey can actually go in and out. And it's the char that creates the flavor because of chemical reactions. So here's where the word, you guys are hanging on this cliff for a while, I'm so sorry, hemicellulose. Um, and hemicellulose is what is created as one of the chemicals, is when it's w- the wood breaks down into its sugars Mm. and it creates a caramelization process inside the barrel caramel or caramel caramelization inside the barrel Mm. and that's where you get your brown sugar flavors your caramel or caramel flavors your toffee flavors so let's taste this again and see if we pick up on any of those like sugary or caramely notes i'm not getting caramel it's not a lot of caramel in this one i I do taste a little caramel So hemicellulose creates the caramel. Lignin is what creates a vanillin, and vanillin gives it spice and its vanilla flavor. And that also comes, so the more char, the more lignin. So the more charred barrels will have more vanilla flavor going on in it. Tannins, which we also know is in what other common drink? Wine. Wine, exactly. It's in wood, naturally. They try to dry out most of it when they barrel whiskey barrels because it does have like a high, like, I think it's a viscousy, oily type substance. But um, they dry it out and a then they study char in vocabulary it. right now. Yeah, I know. And more char removes more tannin. The more it dries out, the less tannin. Really? Yeah. And then the last one is oak lactones. Um, that doesn't which sound good. It doesn't sound good. They actually said that. I don't know enough about lactones to make it feel like it's a bad... Wait, like, this is the level one? or what's This is any level of the process oh, okay. of, of um, charring barrels. But that's where you get the woody and coconut flavors that sometimes exist in certain, like, leather, leathery sort of... We talked about leather a few mm-hmm, weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's, like, from the lactones. The higher the char, the less lactones. Mm. So... Nice. Um, they all ca- I, that's interesting to me. I would have honestly thought that most of the flavors came from the mash bill, which we talked about last week. But a lot of the flavoring comes from how a barrel is charred. Which is, uh, we talked, I think, about this, like, white lightning, right? White lightning is a whiskey, but it's not... White dog. White dog, it's right? not. Yeah. It's not um, brown in color because it never has been aged in a barrel. It just goes straight through, yeah. correct. So okay. the color comes from the barrel, Just so too. it can touch the barrel. Right, yeah, it has it to yeah. touch the barrel. And it wouldn't be yeah. considered a straight bourbon because a straight bourbon has to be two years. What about but a queer bourbon? <laughs> <laughs> um, what would be an odd? Yeah, yeah, what would hmm, be, yeah I don't that. know. Um, we can ask our uh, LGTBQ friends about which bourbon is your bourbon of choice. But I don't I, know. I didn't mean queer like that. I just meant a different. Oh, Why did you have okay. to jump to that conclusion, Hugo? Yeah. That, so I've been reading Hardy Boys and my kids for years, and it's so really? funny to read these like 1940s books. And I just have to edit a lot of stuff. <laughs> and they're like, Mrs. Hardy stood in the kitchen, and she just so happily made all apple of the food for the boys, yeah. and she made the boys an apple pie. And they, they didn't even say goodbye, but she smiled lovingly. And she knew better to speak back yeah. to her husband. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, this, I mean, they don't have the PG-13 Hardy Boys, but I am sure the author wanted to do some sort of weird sort of domestic fantasy version of that book. <laughs> Mr. Hardy came home tired and hungry, and Mrs. Hardy was ready for him. 
Yeah, it's just yeah, so it many weird things. Is, but the word queer. Time. I've never read a Hardy Boys book, and now I won't. I mean, officially. No, I, I will say a lot of good memories from the Hardy okay. Boys. Oh, man. Yeah. I read 30 of them the last four years with the kids. So many good memories. I agree. But the, the, the <laughs> word. Believe it or not, Hardy Boys is not high on the book list in my house. <laughs> oh, mine, nor mine. Yeah. You're fine. Yeah. We're, I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel good about you ganging up on the Hardy Boys like I that. Just, but I'll, I just I'll feel like it's, that yeah. maybe John has more char in his life. I do. So much. I have less char than Josh. Alligator, alligator char. So, anyways, Woody Creek, nice. char, uh, barrels, bourbon. Cheers. You're here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I, here we go, fellas. All right, here we go. Sweet potato or pumpkin pie? Which one do you choose? We're in the fall now, so. I, I'm just kind of caught off that we're not doing the God question, but this, this is like pot, food this comes, is. This comes next. Comes yeah, next. the food comes oh, before God. Yeah, it right. is. Yeah, God gave us sweet potatoes. I, I would say pumpkin pie just out of familiarity. I've had less sweet potato pie, so it's hard for me to say that, but I could imagine I would like a good sweet potato pie as Ooh. well. So. Are you talking about yams? Sweet potato, like yeah. a real yam pie. Now my no, mom no, made like my mom makes a difference this, like, between yams and sweet potatoes. My mom there makes a sweet potato there. casserole that just has the marshmallows over the yep. top because mm-hmm. I'm from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So I don't oh, know. I know. I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> hmm. Pick one, Hugo. Golly. Um, Seven. Six, I would say five, I'm going to go with the sweet potato four. pie. I think that there's so just a little more richness. Yeah, a little more richness in the flavor. And, um, I, yeah, I think I've had some really good sweet potato pies. I think I've also had a yam pie. Um, but you are right. There are differences. And often most people, I believe it's true that most people's understanding of sweet potato is actually not truly a sweet potato. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, a, oh, I'm a huge sweet potato fan. Um, sweet potato pie, but then at Thanksgiving, yams with dinner. You kidding me? Put some marshmallows on there? Mm, yep. You kidding me? But, um, and sweet potatoes just by <laughs> themselves are better than people think. Like, oh, absolutely. Just a little sweet potato fries? Or just nothing? Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, sweet potato fries. We make those all the time. Yeah. Sweet potatoes are so good. Those are hard to make, y'all. If you can get them crispy, give me the recipe because they'll always become like. I have uh, an air fryer. Yeah. Soggy sticks, but they do taste good. Um, I do like they're healthier for you, and we're obviously very all health conscious. <laughs> me, me, very especially. much so. You can't, yeah. teach, you I mean, can't teach this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it you have is. to earn this figure. Yeah. Cheers to Woody Creek. <laughs> Not a um, father figure. Because that's dad created bod. some of these dad bods. I've had a dad bod since yeah. I was seven. So. <laughs> Speaking of dad bods. Let's talk about the opposite of. Let's talk about God. God, yeah. God um, is, what does God think qu- about The question dad that bods? I have for you guys, because we're going to get into the conversation. What does God look like? When you sit there, close your oh, shit, eyes, man. and you think of I God. I hate to answer this because it's going to feel very culturally. Oh, I mean, I, I will. He's a big. He looks like the guy from Quaker Oats for me. What? So right. So I, I, I saw. I think it was either a tweet or an IG meme that said, "I love that people um, have this blonde hair, blue eyed version of Jesus, and it all happened in the Middle East, <laughs> right? The Middle right. East, oh, right? Right, 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 right. So he looked um, Palestinian, really. Right, and uh, honestly. I think that God is a woman, and I think that she is black. My version, yeah. when I think of God, I see That's a black cool. woman. That is cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I'm just going to put myself out there. God looks like a cartoon, and he's really big. He's wearing a white robe, and he has, like, a brown beard. In his <laughs> like, like the Simpsons? Yeah. Now, just, like, <laughs> passing in front of me, yeah. but if I think of God, he's ether. It's, yeah. like, spirit. It's – it's and, not, and, again, I said he, but to me, it's not – I don't – I wish, I wish, because of how I grew up and stuff, it wasn't just this male figure. But I know when I think mm. about God, mm-hmm. it's it's an ever-present sort of hmm. the concept. film. It's a film. Yep. I don't know how else to explain that. Yeah, it's yeah. just like a, the, the concept of God. Yeah. However, your yeah. visualization. Yep. It is a cartoon also. Cartoon, it's, yep. it's definitely like a cartoon. It's not even a literal being. Yeah. Just, and yeah. you said the Quaker Oats guy. Like yeah, and yeah. Everything. But that's that was my. I, I'm like stuck in thought because I think my my growing understanding of God. Okay, which is my next question. Is not of a being per se. Hmm. I think to me it's a force. It's a it's a connecting thing 
it's I don't have there's a lot of clever ways people define God in a non just traditionally religious sort of way. Um I I think that it's a universal like to me God, this is this would be a little contrived, but I actually think it, it matches with my most precise way to define it. I think for me God is love. And when you think about love and the connecting power of that and maybe agape love, not just like eros or brotherly love, but like agape, like the connection of all life, to me, that is the closest understanding. Uh, it's a term we've applied to this connecting force that transcends the immediacy of what we tend to worry about. I think it, it's that's that's my real quick, Jamie Shaw. God. All right, you know, define know define God and and what do they look like? So I so I'm gonna come back to I'll like land on that at the end. You know the Big Bang? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know like what was before the Big Bang it was like infinite mass compacted into like yep. basically no space. You know, and then so like then if, if you think of God as like <clears throat> that like infinite potential. And then, like, God, like, did that to experience itself. So when you, like, see a bird and you're like, oh, that's so beautiful, you're like God experiencing God. You're, like, witnessing. Hmm. That's not what I believe in. And then to be like, so for me, God is more likely some, like, uh, life form that's not comprehensible. So the idea that it, like, were in the image of God doesn't totally resonate with me. But, like, if we are in the image of God, like, it's a black woman in my like heart <laughs> like i know like for me to saying that is a little different than you saying it but that's like how it feels with my wife and like hmm. feel like her like kind of Ta- real quick i want you to talk about it because i think we're on the same page there yeah so like her like like her your wife is black my wife is tasha is black and she like she is just on her path and she like is you know she her and i have kind of like flipped uh roles in the family and she like leads us in ways that she didn't before and it just feels like it's so healthy for our family for her to be in like the driver's seat and me being in the like support seat like i can like do the things i love like you know like guys like a little more like play tinker and women are like should be in charge and like would probably save the world if we could just like clear out and Mm -hmm. let them like like solve some problems so and i think like black women specifically and not every black woman but like absolutely you know it's you know that so that's kind of been my experience i'm not sure that i want ice spice saving the world right yeah (laughs) no offense everyone's got their role to play but uh yeah so that yeah that's been my like like she's like my kind of like north star and i you know she's doing it for the university she's at i think she could yeah you know there's just a a bunch of black women that i've been around that i'm just like oh my god like yeah yeah i agree that's cool my uh, turn. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. I mean, I'll take Jamie's. That's the, I'll go with that one. I, uh, just all of it. Um, I like this idea of God experience others, but to me, where I would flip that a little bit is that, that actually is very Trinitarian to me. And what I, uh, very Catholic idea of the Trinity is that God doesn't just exist for self, but God exists for others, right? To mm. be loved by others, to be part of others. And so, like, I have, you know, this idea of the Trinity has no. Like, people are really confused by that. How can God be three beings? And to me, that makes a lot of sense because if, you know, go back to Joshua, if God is love, then you have to have others to love. And so the concept of that makes sense. Um, but so I think I think the God of, the God of, like, my God is I, I believe everyone's God to a certain extent. So it is not lost on me that God can both place himself in an institution or a thing that is where my faith centers itself and that that same God can also be you know, the God of, a, of, of, of a, like, Buddha, right. right, and that concept, or even, like, many deities, like, several mm-hmm. deities, so Hindi, you know, and so I don't know why people get caught up in that, um, because I think that that's rich and awesome, and if we're able to, like, connect, God has, is smarter than us, um, and mm-hmm. can present themselves in those ways, I think that's, that's great, so now, with that said, I also have a weird thought that because we are human, um, you often like then in order to understand that and do that well, you have to center yourself in some belief system, yep. right? And, and mine is Catholicism, and I am the first one to tell you of all of its flaws and its many flaws and its terribleness and the history of it. 
And I could also, in a, a rich conversation, point you to the beauty of it and mm-hmm. the things it's done. And because it was because Catholicism is a human institution, not a, not solely a God institution, you have to take those flaws with the with the good things. And so, to, take it, to me, it's important. In the same way that when you work for a place, right? One thing I think is missing is people aren't willing to just commit to a place to work um, because they see one wrong thing with it, and the new generation says, "Get away from that." And mine's like, "Well, everything's flawed." Yep. And so you're just gonna be running for a long time away from things. So pick the thing that you can commit to and be there, unless it's terribly, terribly flawed and awful, then get away from it. Yeah. I think um, the yeah the the thanks. dope the dope yes thanks John the dopeness of of guys that it can be whatever anybody wants that idea to be, yeah. um, but it's all not encompassing but it is all unifying right because regardless if you are catholic buddhist christian uh southern methodist whatever the hell you are it is this concept that everybody can unite behind and be like hey well my god says this or my god says that but they all have some relation to god and i I want to ask a question on that because i think the general idea here is you know among us it seems like at least some idea of a deity or some idea of a god figure right so I would be interested to hear. So then the the odd out of that is like, how do we? Where does atheism tie into that for you? Mm-hmm. Is that just like I just cast that to the side? That can't be real. Or how do you? I'd be curious to hear. How other I think atheism is a. Mm, I, I'm not an atheist, so I can't speak to that. I think um, I've been somewhat a-religious. Are you an atheist? Um, atheist. Um, a what? Did you? You, yeah, you had to fit your B flat joke yeah. into this, so there you go. I was rocking with it. Um, yeah, that, I don't know if I can answer that. Yeah. I do think, though, that to John's point, we as humans are always trying to make sense out of the world and replacing insufficient words and concepts into things that are frankly not definable by our 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 language. Our our words, our knowledge. And I think at the same rate, while that can be true, we also can experience and feel that there is something deeper that we as humans connect with. And when people experience those moments or experience that feeling and experience the value of it and try to put words to it, they're just frankly insufficient. Right. And I think that, yep, some of it becomes a set of rules. Like, well, I think this is really valuable. And if you want to value the world the way that I think you should, let's put some rules to it and names to it and policies to it. And then it becomes an incredibly flawed human system. And on the other side, I think atheism is probably an insufficient word, too, because I think if you truly don't believe there's any sort of connecting life force, there's any sort of deeper peace, and you're just Mm -hmm. truly kind of nihilistic, that is nihilism to me. That is like the belief that there is truly nothing other than we are creatures lacking any sort of like ability to connect. And that to me, I think, is also just not seeing what is possible. I think there is that reality of connection and love or whatever you want to call it. So I think for atheism, like where does atheism fit in this? Um, I... <laughs> This may sound sound like overly like harsh, but I I don't know if when we say atheism, people are thinking of it in the same way. But if you truly don't believe there's any of that, I just think that I I feel like you're missing something. But it doesn't have to be that you're tied to a religious system to say that you also can still believe in God Um, or some form of like a, a spiritual being or a connecting being. Two things for me. You guys are smarter than me, but Atheism no, versus not. agnostic. What's the difference? Let me, let me just also say, like, atheism is a rejection of, like, something specific in American culture, too. It's not like they're being put face-to-face with, like, God and it's, like, rawest form and being like, no. It's like church is bullshit and my right. parents' yeah. adoption of it in our family culture was bullshit. Right. Like, Yeah. Agnosticism is a general like neutrality mm. atheism well there's a god but he doesn't care gotcha. or, i'm sorry again i said they is there's a god and they don't care gotcha. yeah right. um or they're very distant from us here's what i would say mm-hmm. if, if it's okay for me to cut go, it for it. No, go for it i i would say this number one i think when you connect with someone what you realize is they are so number one and i think it's important to say 
the percentage wise of good atheists and good religious people and bad atheists and bad religious people is probably about the same. Yep. Right. Like none of that makes you better or worse. Right, I want right. to note mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I want to state that myself. Number two, I think if you probably dig in with folks, and I think this actually goes to Jamie's folk point a little bit, there is something they are doing that is still them connecting to some like connection point yes. or spiritual like yeah. field that they may not see it that way, but they are. Because I yeah. think humans, one thing we are all doing is finding something on a spiritual field. And I won't get into this, but I had an interesting conversation with my mom about tattoos this weekend who hates tattoos. And I made the point of her, but what's cool about tattoos for many folks is the symbolism of it and the connection they're trying to draw in a world that's often hard to find like connection to. Mm-hmm. And so hmm. I think w- my point is when I think about that, I think, but there's more to that person. And I want to like know what makes them tick in terms of how they think about connection and how they think about like the, mm. the because they do like they believe in that. Um, they might not see it through a deity like I do, but, but I don't know. And then, and I just think that's like kind of the Pascal's wager. Where do you guys fall on that? Yeah. Remind me of Pascal's wager. Pascal's wager. Oh, is this the idea that like, what's the loss of like believing in God or not believing in God? Mm. So, uh, on one hand, if you believe in God and there is no God, then you haven't really lost anything. But if you yeah. don't believe in God and there is a God and you get to the pearly gates and God's like, well, you didn't mm-hmm. believe in me. So yeah. your ass is going to hell. Yeah, I think God's less vindictive than me. Um, right. And I'm not a very vindictive person. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I think if God knows in my heart that I thought about that way and that's how I was led to believe because it was hard. They're going to they are going to know one that you only thought that so you could get here or two. They're going to think they're going to know like you thought that way out of fear to not just like feel the way you yep. were. Um I, you know, so I believe in the Teresa of Avila like quote, which is, I believe there's a hell, I believe it's empty. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what I think. Uh, I disagree with that. There's plenty of people that are in hell right now. Um, I think that. Uh, I think there's a purgatory, and I think people can be in there for a long time. I, I, I you know, I, I, I not agree to disagree, but I, I still disagree because yeah. I think there are some people who have done some things in on this side that definitely don't even mm. deserve purgatory. True. Um, I think that uh, hmm. I think that we will religion, discuss hell in a future episode. Yeah, I that think that religion. Good, wow, that's I think that, that, that uh, there's there's yeah. honestly a difference between uh, and people say this. I'm more spiritual than I am religious, um, and I think the religion is what turns people off, right? Like I said, the, the incredibly right. flawed human systems. But I think um, going back to atheists, that there there is some unifying force, some kind of connected idea out there that even if you are anti whatever the hell you still think that there's something out there that people would need to go against hmm. right yeah we'll, we'll give you the last word hugo well i don't know if i have it this is this i mean i appreciate both of you sharing like pretty raw like thoughts on on this stuff i think i i won't answer the pascal's wager question because for me i feel like i'm sitting in the fifth option and i don't know what that necessarily is um, but I, I, I think at this stage of my life, I think I'm just, you know, this is where I can close. I think I can close in this because I do think it makes sense to me. Um, shout out to both my mom and dad who wanted explicitly this shout out, Michael and Adrian Hugo. Um, shout out, cheers yeah. to you guys for being part of bringing this podcast to here. You can fast forward a minute, like hour and five or whatever because I don't think you listen to the other 58 minutes, but um, y- you, I think, helped me to um, understand that I think there's there's just a lot of value in grounding, grounding all of this in a journey and the spiritual journey of trying to make meaning of life is where I feel like I'm at, and I think we're all trying to create structures to figure out where we fit on that journey whether it be a a religion or um, you know a a theological tool to kind of say well where do I fit I don't think I fit anywhere right now but I do think that it's been it's been quite a journey Um, and I think for me that would be my question to you to both close is like in my own answer to it first is like what have you learned I do think that um this is part of the journey, right? Is, is, is sharing, talking, reflecting on trying to make meaning out of life. And I think that's a spiritual journey as much as it is a career journey or a pragmatic friendship journey or, um, you know, the journey I think is a big part of it for me. Um, 
so that's kind of my reflection. And um, I would love to ask both of you, what did you kind of, I know it's cheesy, like what did you learn? But what did you learn in our third episode tonight? Um, either one of you guys can take that one. Do it so Jim L can take it home. Um, I, I don't mean this in an arbitrary way. I, I thought Jamel's like discussion around the vi- like the Raiders was so cool for me to think about the cool things that organizations done that I never do, and it you know it made me think about the things that I deeply know about a place I love like Notre Dame. Like those exist for everyone, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's really cool and makes me even more interested to know actually ask people like what do you love about that team i think that's such a cool conversation that anyone feels safe jumping into yep which is cool uh and my second thing is less of a i just i want to keep thinking about my thoughts on hell after what jamel said i'm yeah. mm. like I'm, I'm interested to to hear mm. more about that and, and go deeper there yeah Thanks, um i learned about tannins and alligator yeah. skin <laughs> um i also learned um that I'm not the only crazy asshole who takes sports that seriously. <laughs> um, and lastly, I, I learned that I, I maybe it's confirmation more than it was a, a learning, but it was confirmation that there, I think there is a greater power that in one form or another, no matter where you are, or what corner of the world you are in, that there's a, a unifying force that brings a lot of people together. Mm. And I like to think it's for good more so than evil. Mm. Well, to not be overly spiritual, but I will say amen to that. <laughs> Shout out Tracy um, Newbrand, by the way. Tracy, New- Tracy Newbrand? Tracy Newbrand's a big fan. Love Tracy Newbrand. Yeah, tra- Tracy Newbrand. If you come back to Denver, join this he podcast. Was he, he was here on Saturday. We'll give Jamie, what did you learn? And then we're going to hit, stop, and see you all next time. Thanks for joining. If you've made it this far, Campfire Conversations. Jamie Shaw, take us home. What did you yeah, learn tonight? I learned I like talking about God. Yeah, until next week. All right. Peace, At y'all. Watch Dash Jamel. You're here. Uh, cheers. Cheers, y'all. Let's actually do the cheers. Okay. We're like cheers in the camera. Like you get, If you're holding up a... Take a picture of this and put it on my YouTube, on our YouTube page of you taking a picture. Cheers in the screen. It's, I don't know what you'll get. Stay igneous. Charred. <laughs> Stay charred. Stay charred. <laughs> <laughs>